Thank you, Jacqueline Diamond. You are our first guest on the Right Now Workshop. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Kitty, and thank you to everyone who's watching or listening. This is going to be fun. Today, we are going to talk about characters and characterization. And I figure since you've written and published over 100 books and however many others that you started and not, you know. Oh, yeah, there were quite a few of those. Yeah. There were quite a few along <laughs> the way, uh, not under the bed, but in the, uh, in the old file. That's right. So I figure you're the best person to help us out. And I know that uh, you've been teaching in all sorts of other places before. So uh, why don't you tell us what you think is what uh, beginning and intermediate writers need to know about characters and characterization? Well, the first thing to know about characters is they are the bottom linchpin basis for your book. They are what makes people care, why people want to read. They don't, they're not, this is not a video game. These are not avatars that are just going out there and, and and kicking off dragons. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you're doing in the dragons. Uh, so they have to be developed. And many times when people start, they're writing about themselves and their adventures. And that is where a natural place to start. But most of us are not that interesting. And we don't develop over a short period of time the way our characters need to. So we need to think carefully about who these people are, what their background is, what their motives are, and try to try to know them as real people. Yeah. Why yeah. would they do this? What is their motivation for doing something? Then in the course of a book, or it could be a script or a short story, they need to change. They need to grow. They need to go through some kind of a transformation. It can be a big one, or depending on the nature of the book, or if it's a series of, let's say, mystery novels like my Safe Harbor medical mysteries, the character may change gradually over the course of several books. Yeah. And everything you do when you write, your, your plot, to one extent or another, depending on the type of book, and your dialogue should reflect the fact, the idea that these are people, not stock figures. Oh, here's the romantic heroine. Here's the hero who's going to be brave. Oh, and she's going to be brave too. So now we've got it. Right. And I, I actually, <laughs> for this, I wrote a little bit of dialogue uh, just to show what I mean. Because when you say don't write generic dialogue, people say, well, what's that? Right. So here's some generic dialogue. Try to picture some poor actor or actress struggling <laughs> to make this come to life. Sam. I don't want to hurt you. Jane, I swear I never trust a man again. I should have listened to my mother. Sam, you're the only woman I've ever loved, but I have to follow my dream. Okay, now can you imagine two real people saying those things to each other? No. No. Those are, that's TV, <laughs> bad TV dialogue. There's a lot yeah. of good TV dialogue. Don't get me wrong there. Here's some I just tossed off without a lot of character development, but some that's covering the same moment. Sam, okay, I'm selfish. Get over it. <laughs> Jane, you aren't just selfish. You're a bigger creep than my brother-in-law. <laughs> Sam, oh, come on. Nobody's a bigger creep than him. <laughs> so right now, you know that these are people, they have a life. They have common references, which is the brother-in-law. Right. And he was trying to cover up for himself by saying, yeah, 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 okay, so I'm selfish. And then she got him anyway. And so yeah. she was angry and she was sticking it to him. So when you're writing a scene, when you're thinking about your book, who are these people? What do they want? Yeah. In each chapter, in each scene, 
I want to know what my character's goal is. They may not even be aware of it. What are they? Are they trying to learn something? Are they trying to clarify? Are they reacting in a way that's going to surprise them? In order for me to do that, I have to know who they are. Right, right. So um, I start out, I have a a little checklist that I use. Ah. Now, naturally, you would want to know how old is your character, what they look like. In in a movie, not so important because you'll have an actor, an actress, but in a book, you need to have some idea. Not everybody puts in a long description. Romance novels tend to have more of a description. Mysteries depends on the character. But have a sense. What was their childhood like? What are their scars? What are their fears? What do they not know about themselves that they're going to discover in the course of the book? This is why basing it on yourself may be a starting point, but if that's all you've got, you don't know what it is you don't know. Right. You don't know how you're going to develop when you get smacked in the face by a dragon or the <laughs> woman you love turns out to be a monster from another planet. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'll just wing it. And when you start out, a lot of times you have to wing it because right. that's you don't know how you write. You don't know your process. But as you develop your process, as you develop your book, when you come to a point where you don't know how the character is going to act, think about it. Go back if you need to and go, well, what issues haven't we brought up? What are the problems? That, and I look at um, what's their self-image. How do they picture themselves? Oh, I'm a tough guy. I'm never going to have a problem with anything. And then, of course, you want to smash that. <laughs> right. Um, what's at stake for them in their story, even if they're not fully aware of it? What mistaken beliefs do they have about themselves and others? You don't need to do all this at once. What's their greatest strength, even if they're not aware of it? What's their greatest weakness, even if they're not aware of it? How do they lie to themselves? What's their goal? In real life, people don't necessarily have a specific goal. In a book, they may not have a goal when you're starting because actions and and developments have not forced them to have a goal. But at some point in your story, probably before the halfway point, your character is going to have to say, I got to take charge and go for it. And what are they going for? So I, I don't watch out for passive characters. You don't want characters who are one note aggressive, but you don't want characters who are just acted upon. They need to take action upon others and upon what's going to happen to them. Excellent. These are great questions. It's nice that it's recording because now people can go back and listen and go, (laughs) let me just write these down. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I, I did want to mention, I think Kitty wanted me to mention that I had put together some of my things I learned and developed while teaching and writing about how to write, I put together a little book called How to Write a Novel in One Not-So-Easy Lesson by Jacqueline Diamond. And it is available as an ebook on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and Smashwords and Kobo and iTunes. Excellent. Great, great. Yeah, I was looking over your book, and I really like the way that you've organized it into, like, there's a whole section that's on characterization. Yes. And um, there was another section that was kind of more for the beginning writer, maybe writing their first or second novel, right? Yes. With steps and and how to get started. I think some of the same techniques that are useful for the, the less experienced writer are valuable for the more experienced writer. I go back and review notes that I've taken 
um, or I did as I was working my way through my career, <laughs> my 102 books, um, I, you just become more sophisticated and more comfortable. Like when I say, what's this character's background? Initially, it can be overwhelming. Oh, well, let's see, their mother, their father, their brother, their sister, their cousins. Yeah. <laughs> what was their ancestry? And you can, you can go on at great length. But it, it, it drives you nuts, and you make up all the stuff that has nothing to do with where you're going with your book. Right. So you don't have to overdo it. But as you become more experienced, you will be more comfortable, I think, developing more deeply. Right. Now, what if somebody has gotten through their first draft, or maybe they're on their third revision, and they still feel like their characters are a little too two-dimensional, you know, they're, they're not, they don't seem like believable real life people. Do you have any tips on how to start bringing out elements of the meat of the character? That's a very good question. Uh, Of course, I don't know what exactly the problem is or where exactly you started. I would go back and review my character sketch. If you haven't, if you have not made one, Excuse me, I'm going to take a drink of water. Yeah, (laughs) I definitely don't want you to feel like you're going to dry up here. (laughs) Um, If you don't have a character sketch, now that you know them better, you can draw one up. And I don't mean sketch in terms of of graphics, I mean in terms of an outline. Or you can review it. And often I'll go back and say, hmm, I said that she had three brothers and a sister, but I haven't used that. And in fact, it would be better if she had only a stepsister, right? and that would create more issues for her. So you may want to go back and look at your character assumptions and think about what is her goal, and you may discover that in the writing of it, her goal just didn't quite work for you. So now that you know her better or him better, think about what the goal might be, the weaknesses and strengths. You will discover things as you write. I don't care how experienced you are. I don't care how much you have developed in advance. As you develop the character and the scenes, you will make discoveries. And go with those. Don't reject them because they weren't in your initial outline. That's <laughs> right. Your gold. <laughs> well, you know, it reminds me of some books I've read. There's a, um, oh, I wish I could remember the name of it, but they made it into a TV miniseries um, with the, the girl Rose and all of her big brothers. They were all actually orphans in New York. I think it was um, Jude Devereaux, maybe, or okay. Julie, Gar- Julie Garwood. Okay. Julie Garwood for the roses. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> I love this. The first book starts out where um, these like 10 and 12 year old boys find a baby in the garbage in like 1800s New York City. And they decide to save her, you know, because they're all feeling like they're thrown away kids. And so the the love story part is they've all gone to the West and they've raised this little baby into a young woman. And now there's boys, you know, looking at her and they're, you know, one of them's a Texas Ranger. And so it's interesting because you had to figure out, you know, how has her personality been developed by having all of these brothers, no mom or dad. And, you know, is she going to be really girly because she's been so protected? Mm-hmm. Or is she going to be really more of a tomboy because it's all been brothers? Yeah, that's that's a very good point, Kitty, that your, your background of your character is going to uh, influence their view of the world and how they act and react to things. My hero in my Safe Harbor Medical Mysteries is an obstetrician. Um, no dead babies, no dead <laughs> pregnant women, I promise. Um, he's works on and gets involved with mysteries that affect his patients. 
But one of the things is when he's involved, he sees things in a particular way. He's very protective, for one thing, of his patients or anyone who comes under his supervision, or that's not quite the right word, his care. but his care, or where he feels a little responsible. He's very caring, and he'll stand up for them. So, And this comes from, and with being a doctor, you have, you're not, it's not that you don't make judgments, but you can't just make harsh judgments on your patients. You have to be there to help them. So he applies that to other aspects of his life. And he uh, would think about a scene. He's a science doctor, he's a scientist. So he would consider uh, scientific evidence. He would consider. So I'm belaboring this point, but your characters should react. I, I have seen books. I hesitate to be negative, but I'm not going to name anybody. Yeah. Where you have, let's say, a, a heroine and she's a, an executive and she's on vacation and she acts like a numbskull. Yes. And, I mean, honestly, she's an executive. Doesn't she ever try to take charge? Uh, so think about who your character is. What is their occupation? Why is that their occupation? How does that fit with what kind of person they are? And uh, how does that f- f- cause things to happen or not happen? So you should be thinking about all those things because people don't act in a void. Right, right. And they don't always act according to logic or no, reason. that's correct. So if you run into a, a place where you're like, I don't know, this doesn't seem right, but I don't know what she should do, maybe just have her do the opposite of what you yeah. had her do the first time? That's true. You can avoid being too predictable. If you're in a situation where you're going to write a scene or you have written a scene and you're looking at it and going, it's just boring, it's too predictable. Well, what else might the character do? Maybe they have just listened to a song or somebody just annoyed the heck out of them and they <laughs> behave in a way that the reader won't expect and maybe they won't expect. And that can make things interesting. I always try to find elements to a scene to add juice to it. Right. And it can be a secondary or tertiary, as it were, character. I have a few. One of the great things in writing, I wrote my mystery series as a spinoff from my 17 book, Safe Harbor Medical Romance Series, which (laughs) was originally published by Harlequin. And in the course of that, I developed some secondary characters that I just really like. There's an anesthesiologist who's in the lunchroom having lunch with my main character sometimes, and he has a very funny, offbeat view of the world, and he'll say the exact opposite of what any normal person would say. And I stick him in there sometimes just to liven things <laughs> up and surprise everybody. Nice. So don't overlook. You don't want to overdevelop your secondary character. But again, like, for instance, I've seen scenes where the hero or heroine, they're talking with their friend, and it's very boring because they're all going, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I agree with you. Oh, come on. They don't have to fight. <laughs> Conflict is not nasty. Now, tensions in a story does not have to be open conflict. They don't have to have opposite viewpoints, but they can have different enough personalities and viewpoints that they just react differently. Yeah. And so you can build on that. Yeah. I like that. You know, it's funny that you say that about conflict and tension doesn't necessarily have to come from a negative place. And because we're recording this just a little bit before Thanksgiving, <laughs> all I can think about is at Thanksgiving with the the kind of um, family that I've created, the the people that I spend Thanksgiving with, there's always cowboys and anti-cowboys people. And so (laughs) they kind of love to have this big 
are you cowboys or are you anti-cowboys? <laughs> Wait a minute. What, what do you mean by they're cowboys? Yeah. Oh, sorry, football. Um, oh. I don't care about football at all, but Sports it's what team. happens. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, so right. Say what an ignoramus. <laughs> what, cowboys, huh? You mean like the kind that ride around with I mean, I was born in Texas. When you say cowboys, well, I think cowboys. <laughs> That's awesome. I love being around, you know, friends who also like just don't care about football. Sorry, yeah. everybody who's listening who loves football. Oh, it's great. I always watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Now, there's some characters. Yes, there are. Now, I mean, just talking about, like, I'm just thinking, what if the listeners are thinking, okay, but how do I come up with some interesting, weird, different, something that's not the usual? And I'm just thinking about all the different people who have played the Super Bowl halftime show and how Mm. they have created a character who is their outside world I'm paid to be a musician or an entertainer self may not be their inside self. Yeah, that's I noticed that in watching singing competitions on the air that some people and they're usually the ones who come out ahead they they're actors too. They they get into a song and they bring it to life and they feel the emotions and you feel the emotions. And that's that's another point I sh- I should make which is you as the writer must feel the emotions of your characters. If you're not feeling it, the reader's not going to feel it. That's why generic dialogue, like I quoted earlier about, oh, I don't want to hurt you, and oh, I have to follow my dream. There's no real emotion behind those. Those are just lines. You need to get the real emotion, and you have to feel it. And you have to dig down. You have to get past your... um, comfort zone and take a chance and and sometimes it has to hurt yeah yeah and hopefully your characters will over the course of time realize that they have a persona that they sometimes show to this person or those people that isn't necessarily how they think that they feel about that situation and that adds layers to the characterization add layers to what you're writing by not having your characters be completely out there the same with everybody all the time. They wouldn't be. You aren't. You're not the same at work as you are while you're watching the Cowboys game on TV. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you don't say the same things. You don't. You are the same person, but you show a different side of yourself. And you may show a different side if you're with people who agree with you about politics. Or if you're with people who don't agree with you about politics you're not necessarily going to say exactly the same things or take exactly the same approach, and neither will your characters. This is great. This is really great. Kind of makes me want to go home and write right now. (laughs) Yes. I I like spending time with my characters, and they surprise me. Yeah. They do. And sometimes I just wrote a scene. I'm working on my third Safe Harbor Medical Mystery called The Case of the Desperate Doctor, which will be out in early 2018, possibly by the time someone sees this. Excellent. And uh, the hero is, um, Dr. Eric Darcy is trying to unravel some mysteries about his wife's death. Ooh. It's not the main It's not the main mystery in this book. It's a secondary one that's developed for the first three books. And he finally gets to confront someone that he couldn't identify until now. And the conversation goes in some surprising directions. Wow. And it didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out. (laughs) So that's really fun for me. Yeah. 
Oh, this sounds great. This is great advice. Thank, Thank you. you. And Thank I you. do hope that people will go back and um, rewind and make some notes because you gave us a lot of good questions that they can ask and um, uh, to give themselves more ideas and actually given us all kinds of great advice today. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank to you. Well, you're welcome. Now, some of this is in your book, so tell us again yes. the name of it. It's called... How to Write a Novel in One Not-So-Easy Lesson by Jacqueline Diamond. It's available as an ebook in uh, at Barnes & Noble and Amazon and Kobo and Smashwords and iTunes. And it's not hard to read. It's not, very, it's not real long. It's not real short. Um, and it covers a lot of territory, but hopefully in an interesting way. And it's, a, it's intended as a resource for you to experiment with and study with and learn from excellent over time great thank you so much well i know that i highlighted some passages in it so i appreciate that now if people want to um, find out more about your books and other things that you're doing where can they find you okay the best place there are several (laughs) i have a website jacquelinediamond.com it's j-a-c-q-u-e-l-i-n-e like jacqueline kennedy (laughs) and diamond like stone I, you can also on my homepage, just there, you can sign up for a free mailing list. I only send them once a month. All I need is your email address. I don't need your personal information. I'm not going to sell it. I'm not going to hassle you. (laughs) I have a Facebook author page. It's Jacqueline Diamond Author. I have a Twitter account. It's uh, at J-A-C-Q-U-E Diamond, Jackie Diamond. Also, I, as I was thinking about it on Amazon, there is an Amazon page for Jacqueline Diamond, and you can sign up there as to follow me. That's and right. That's right. They will notify you of any new releases. I will also send my – one of the nice things with my newsletter is I do occasionally put books on sale or even occasionally a giveaway. Nice. And if you are signed up, you won't miss it. Excellent. Good. All right. Well, we'll definitely send people over there. You have been a great help to us today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And and just for anybody who's watching on YouTube or if you're listening on the audio podcast and you want to hop over to YouTube for a second, we are sitting in Jackie's living room with a beautiful piece of artwork by her mother up above us on the... Sylvia Hyman. She's dead now. Her work is actually... There are two of her ceramic sculptors, sculptures are in the Smithsonian in Washington, so D.C. Cool. And she was very innovative as a sculptor. Yeah, beautiful work. Thanks for having us here in your home. Oh, my pleasure. And we're wearing hats. Yes, yes. We, <laughs> Jackie, Jackie's a hat lady. She, I love she, to wear hats. <laughs> so I get to wear a hat, too. You can come <laughs> check me out with a hat. <laughs> well, Jackie, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thanks. 